Welcome to the Polaris PT Podcast. Join us as we dive into all aspects of health and wellness, from physical and mental to relationships and spirituality with leading experts and luminaries from a broad spectrum of specializations. I'm your host, Dr. Brig Woods, performance physical therapist and owner of Polaris PT and Wellness. On the podcast today, I've got Jimmy Marquez, a.k.a. Jimbo Swaggins. Jimmy is a national medalist in Olympic weightlifting. He's an Air Force veteran, as well as an All-American wrestler. Jimmy currently trains and coaches at A. Lee Athletics, as well as coaches at Gateway Fitness, home of CrossFit Obsession. I'd like to welcome to the pod, Jimmy. Yeah, so that, Jimmy, thanks for coming by. Hey, dog. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, no, it was, we were just talking before this, and you're right. Like, we were talking about drinking and how it's... You were just saying what were, you were just saying about drinking. Oh, um, whenever you tell people you don't drink, they always think like you have some like weird dark past that you're like an alcoholic or something. It's just like no, it's like I just don't drink. Do you drink? Uh, some occasionally, not not nearly as much as I used to. Right? <laughs> yeah, I used to. So I I've never I've never drank before. Um, the one time that I did, it was on accident. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody in high school, I remember somebody in high school, I, it's Arizona in the middle of summer, hot as can be. And I showed up to somebody's house and they were like, Hey, you want the rest of this? Like, like it was like a cold bus or something from like circle K mm-hmm. big old 44 ounce cup lid on straw. They're like, Hey, it's the rest of my lemonade you want. I was like, absolutely. So I grabbed that, take the biggest sip <laughs> of freaking just warm Budweiser. New instant. I mean, it, it tastes. It, I've never tasted. Well, I say it tastes like cat piss, but I've never drank cat piss either. All I know it was terrible, and I spit <laughs> it out. I was so pissed. Isn't that funny? Like you can never taste or eat something, and you could be like, "This is what that would taste like." I know right away. Well, yeah, this would be cat, cat piss, right? Because the smell, like the smells and tastes, are similar. But the other thing is, you put some in your mouth, and your body instantly knows, like that's probably not good for me. <laughs> Right? Like it just, it tastes, well, because that's the thing, right? The fermenting process, like how they make alcohol, right? It's rotten. Mm-hmm. And so your body's like, this tastes rotten. I'm going to get rid of that. <laughs> but to your point, when I lived in LA, I would be out with my friends in grad school. We'd be going out. And yeah, inevitably, because I don't drink, I don't, I don't necessarily buy, I didn't buy drinks for women. Mm-hmm. And so, which is a scam. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, that was the thing. So I'd be talking, right. You know how you go out with friends, you start collecting like people to your group. Right. Oh. And so, you know, we were sitting there talking and, and I would be talking to some woman and you could just see her like, Hey, idiot, when are you going to buy me a drink? <laughs> right. And they're like, and then, well, I, I'm going to go get a drink. Like, do you want a drink? Thinking like, are you going to pay for the offer to pay now for my drink? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, I'll just take a Red Bull. They're like a Red Bull and I'm like, it's a Red Bull, Red Bull, Diet Coke. Tell him, just get a Diet Coke. I'm fine with that. Just tell the guy I'm dry. Just get a Diet Coke. It's free. <laughs> and then people be like, are you like an alcoholic? <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, no, I'm not an alcoholic. Like you don't drink. I'm like, no. And then they're like, are you cats out of the bag? Y'all. I mean, if you didn't figure it out yet, my name's Brigham. Are you like Mormon? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then the next question would be like, can you like be here? Like, <laughs> Is this legal? Yeah, I'm like, yes, I can be here. I'm not like a vampire, like spontaneously combust when I walk across the threshold of a church. Like, yes, I can be here. Yes. All to all of the above. But you're right. People think you've got some like weird, dark past with alcohol, right? 
And there are people who aren't alcoholics who just go, you know what? I just decided I don't, I don't feel good. Yeah, I don't want to keep poisoning my body. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you know, and sure, in moderation, right? But but how many people can drink in moderation? I mean, not I'm, a lot. After you're like, oh, I'm just going to have one or two. And it's never just one or two, you know? Right. Especially if you're out with friends, it's going to yeah. be four or five. Then you're calling an Uber home. I just wasted 120 bucks out, you know? Right. When, so when I was working at the ASU Student Center, I worked at their medical their medical center for the, for the students. Mm. And... Dude, I had a kid come in one time. It was the funniest thing on a Monday. I was like, dude, how was your weekend? He was like, I'm poor now. <laughs> I go, what? What happened? He goes, dude, I don't know. All I know is I woke up Sunday morning, checked my credit card statement. He goes, and somehow I spent like $700 last night. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I vaguely remember turning around after ordering a drink and screaming at the top of my lungs, drinks are on me. Oh my God. He goes, that's about, that's about as clear as it gets. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. That reminds me of Korea. They have a, each bar has a bell. And if you ring the bell, that means you're buying drinks for everybody. <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, I never, so yeah, we took Korea, right? Like I, I was never in I never went any bars, right? Because I was there doing something else. But I remember seeing, man, the Korean, old Korean men, those dudes can drink. Oh, my, that's all they can do is that's, drink and smoke. That's all they have. That's all they do. Like, I remember there was this, ta like, this one, um, like, house. I say house loosely because if you saw the houses in Korea, right? Like, it's like, it's, it's literally like a maze of just concrete things like put <laughs> yeah. up, dude. It's yes. Like, like it's, 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 cr and the, don't even get me started on the ad address system, the address system, because there is none. There's no, there's no, there's no street, there's no street names. Yeah. The, the paper boy is just throwing it at will. Bro, <laughs> it's, it's literally like, hey, I live in this city, this neighborhood or like borough. Right. So they like, so for example, like I lived in, Te, in Taejin. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like, I lived in Taejin. She, Yusung Gu was like the borough. And then like they have like a smaller like neighborhood, like Sangyong Dong is the neighborhood. And then literally it would be like, I live at 353 Ho, which is like the block. And then like five bungee. Bungee's like the house number. But you would think there was some order, like that sounds really organized, except it's no, it's which house was built first. <laughs> like, it's like, no, it's literally like, that's how they number them. Like this one was built over here. So this is one, this is like three, like, oh, it's not even order, just scattered. No, there's like no rhyme or reason to it. That's oh. what I mean. It's, it's a night, it's a nightmare, man. And I totally forgot what we were talking about when I went off on the address system. Um, about the, the, the drinking thing. Oh yeah. But just, yeah, no Korea in general. Oh yeah. The old, so there was this one place I was living at and these guys, I remember it would be like 8am <laughs> and I hear these guys like, <laughs> right. Like talking and I'd look out the window and there'd be like these three dudes who were already red faced cause they'd been drinking soju since like six and they were there all day <laughs> drinking, smoking and freaking playing Jangi Korean chess. And that's what happens when it's like your environment, though. Same thing with me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't drink until I went into the Air Force, and literally everyone drank or smoked or did some type of tobacco. And oh, like, for real? Yeah. And then you're just with everyone, like, and that's the environment. Yeah. It's, 
and you're probably going to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, right. I think that's a, I think that's a really important point. I think people, a lot of people who are trying to like, if you're trying to create a healthier habit, you got to get out of those environments that you do that trigger those bad habits. Mm -hmm. And sometimes for some people, it's, it's hard to get out of those environments. You're almost like stuck. But when you, if you think you're stuck, you, obviously you're going to stay there. You have to find a way. How am I going to get out of here or do something else? Right. Well, to your point about drinking, like it was the craziest. When I would go out, people would be like, are you having any fun? And I'd be like, yes, I'm having a blast. Like, this is great. And they're like, well, uh, how? like uh, it just didn't compute. Yeah. Or like one night I was out, we were out dancing and we were out like at a club. So I was out. I was out tearing it up on the dance floor. But somebody came up and was like, yo, go get your friend. He is he is hammered. <laughs> I'm actually sober as they're they like come. that dude, that dude is so dr- like go get him he, before he <laughs> makes a total fool of himself. And they're like they're like Bro, that dude is stone cold sober right now. He's just feeling it. That's He's- just how he does that's just how he does it. But that was like that. But then again, that's environment. Like where I grew, when I grew up and the culture and the group and like the community that I grew up in, like dude, from a super young age, trash right behind you from a super young age, you were like forced into like social interactions. You were forced into public speaking, like all of these things. So it wasn't a big deal for me to go to someplace without having like the benefit of the liquid courage and just walk around and start shaking hands and meeting people and hanging out. That's just who you are. Well, yeah, and it definitely. But back to a point about like product of environment, right? Like for a lot of people, they don't have that. Mm. So, but, but back to the like healthy habit stuff. Um, well, so for example, like you, right? Like you hang out with, I think predominantly weightlifters all the time. That's it. And healthy fit, like really like, cause you just, you go train, right? And then if you're not training, are you coaching down there too? Yeah, I, I I coach in the mornings over there, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and that's it. And and for those of you who are wondering, where there is uh, A Lee Athletics. Yes, <laughs> sorry. Right? No, no, it's fine because if if you listen to the intro, most some people would skip through it, but he he trains and coaches at A Lee Athletics, and then also coaches here at, at uh, Gateway Fitness, home of CrossFit Obsession. Mm. Yeah. So Olympic lifting, dude. How did you have you always been into? When when did you get into Olympic lifting? Uh, I got into Olympic lifting when I was down in Tucson. I was stationed at Davis Mothin Air Force Base. Oh. And there was this CrossFit gym down there called CrossFit Now. Okay. And a bunch of my buddies got deployed on the first rotation. So I was just like looking for a community. And my buddy's like, hey, you should check this gym out. Sick. So I joined the gym and uh, come to find out the owner of it won the CrossFit Games in 2013. Who's the owner? Uh, Mike Mosley. So it I, wasn't I know that name. It wasn't the the first age group. Like obviously that, that was Rich Froning when he won. Right. But it was the age group after that. He was a master's athlete. Right. And what's crazy for those of you who like CrossFit has been around for so long now. Uh I think two thousand and eight is when the game started or seven. Ever. Yeah. 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 And I mean they were doing it before. I, I stumbled onto it in two thousand ten, but yeah, it's been around for a long time. Yeah, um, I, I actually, so I did that for about a year and a half. Okay. And inside there, in the corner of the gym, they had an Olympic lifting club. Oh, um, cool. And the coach there, he trained in the Olympic Training Center for like three years. He was on like two international teams. His name is Chris DeRosa. Okay. And uh, I was like, wow, I'd really like to get good at that. Because yeah. I was already pretty 
in shape because of wrestling. So I was good at like all the cardio stuff, but I was not. You good look at like the... you look like a wrestler, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Let yeah. me see your cauliflower. Do you got cauliflower? Let me see it. No, I don't have any. I was wear my dad would yell at me if I didn't wear headgear. Oh, so, so even during like Greco and freestyle in the off season, I would always wear headgear. So are you like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Everybody makes fun of you because you don't have your cauliflower. Like, do they be like, nah, you're not a wrestler. You're not a real wrestler. Yeah, I, you don't every, have cauliflower here, bro. Everyone I asked, they're like, Why don't you have it? And I'm like, I would protect my ears. And like you get that if you don't wear headgear. Right. And some people they're just like a lot of wrestlers, they want that. Because they're like pussy. Exactly. Because people will see them and be like, you're not a real wrestler if you don't have that. And I'm like, I know people with cauliflower who are shitty wrestlers. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean you're a good wrestler. Right. It just means you get hit in the ear a lot. Yeah. I know a lot of wrestlers and they all have cauliflower. There's very, I don't think you're maybe the first one I know that doesn't. So mazel tov. Kudos to you, bro. <laughs> but so, okay. So you're already pretty good at wrestling. Probably had, already had some decent cardio, strong. And you're like, let's get good at that. Yeah. So. I signed up for the classes because I'm like, hey, like 85% of CrossFit are the Olympic movements. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I want to get good at this and I'll be a good CrossFitter. But then uh, I started becoming like pretty good at it and falling in love with it. And I'm like, I, I kind of just want to do this because I was kind of tired of being like mediocre at like all the movements. And I'm like, I just want to focus on these movements. That's it. Yeah. Um, what was it about the movements that you, I mean, what was it about Olympic lifting that you like fell in love with? Uh, there's really no ceiling cap to it. You know, you can constantly keep working and keep trying to get better, but there's always going to be something that you need to work on just with everything. You know, it's the golf of barbell sports. <laughs> yeah, literally it just so much technique and you just, it teaches you how to take care of your body so much. Like before I thought I was taking care of my body and I was like, no, I wasn't even close. I wasn't even scratching the surface right. of the stuff that you have to do. Well, because so, yeah, I, don't th I think that's what people, a lot of people don't realize, especially when they watch like the Olympics, right? Mm -hmm. You see those dudes and you think, holy buckets, that dude is <laughs> strong as a freaking ox, right? Like that dude just did three times his body weight. And what you don't realize is that like, Yes, he he had yeah he's really freaking strong. But if he just tried to like upright row that thing or let you know what I mean, like he couldn't do it. It's the it's it's all technique and getting under that like the speed, the getting under the bar, the efficiency, all of that plays into it. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize how long it takes. They see those people at the world and Olympic level, and they're just like wow, like, you know, I could do that. It's just like, that guy's been doing that for 12 years. And if he's Chinese, he was born and they, thrown into it when he was like three well, that, and never saw his family again. That's a crazier thing too. Uh, countries like that in China, um, they'll get like groups of kids and they'll like measure like limbs, their fingers, everything. And they're like, okay, we're going to pick these select kids. But those kids are grown up into it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's taught that that's their life. But now it's an environment too. Right. You're competing against all these other people to try to even get a coach. So all these guys are just learning it. And they're all genetically like the same. Yeah. So that's how they're picking them. They're picking <laughs> right. like these genetically, like these people right here. We need these type of people. Once they get them, they group them together. It's five of you competing for a coach. Now you're fighting for a coach. Jeez. So like, it, and that's what they want. Like, they're like, Hey, if you want to get coached by this Olympian, blah, 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 you have to beat all these other guys. So you're, you're, you're just training that much harder. It's not like leisure for you. I mean, yeah, it's fun because they like doing it, but it's their life. Well, it's also their job too, right? Like I'm yeah. sure like a lot of these kids come from poorer families and in China and like, it's like, holy crap, I have to do this so that my family will be taken care of. Yeah. And if I don't do this, 
the state, then I'm basically kicked back down and nobody's going to take care of us anymore. Mm -hmm. They would do that in Bulgaria. They'd go up into the mountains, get farm kids. Dude, and those Eastern Europeans or yeah. something else. And bro. they would be like, hey, you know, you want your family to live a better life? You're going to come with us. And that kid's like, yeah, you know, they could basically do anything to that kid now. Yeah. Do you know Jay Schroeder? Uh, Have you ever sound, heard that name? It sounds familiar. Have you ever heard the ARP wave? Mm. Oh, so it's a it's an East Stim unit, direct current unit that he developed based off of Russian stem, but not Russian stem. Um, he also came to really big prominence, probably back in like around two thousand ish, when um, or even a little bit later when he had some guys really crush it at the NFL Combine. Oh, but Jay used to train. Jay learned a lot of his stuff. Went and trained in Eastern Bloc, communist Russia. Wow, like. And he, his gym, like the way my brothers used to work out there, it was little, this tiny, um, it was probably the size of this room, May, maybe a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. And it had like a small, tiny room in the back. Jay slept in the back of his gym, like with his dog that only spoke Russian. And he just- <laughs> Can't even tell him to sit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that he like, he like, but he incorporated a lot. Like he was very Eastern block. Trained a bunch of like Olympian, just the dudes, the dudes, a mad scientist, crazy person. But a lot of the training stuff was all Eastern block stuff. And those guys are insane. They really are. It's, it's a whole different thing. It, it really is like, oh man, people think about, oh yeah, I'm training harder, working hard. And like, you look at those guys train, you're like, what? <laughs> right. Well, I dove a little bit into it when I was looking at like, um, like traditional Western style strength training right based off of percentages and right and the different like western was very much percentage based working off of different like meso cycles and macro cycles and all that kind of stuff and then you had german volumetric training Have you ever done that no i mean isn't like the 10 by 10 stuff dude yeah ten, i'll tell you what i got i got so strong when i did a cycle i actually of, did that in um when i was going through basic um my dorm chief he was a professional bodybuilder. Yeah. And he joined Guard Air Force. Like, okay. But still, Guard Reserve Active, you also go to the same tech school and everything. Right. So I actually started doing like bodybuilding stuff and uh, training with him. And he was having me do like 10 by 10s, deadlifts, and squats. And I was just like, oh my God, I've never felt stronger doing that stuff. Yeah, we did. So we would do like, so you take your, how we, our program worked, you take your 10 rep max. Mm right? Absolutely cannot do another lift after your 10th rep. Yeah. Then we would do 50% of 10 by 10 of that lift. Oh my God. Again. So, you, so, so you'd figure out what your 10 rep max was, right? Mm -hmm. From that you would do 50% 10 by 10. So let's say you got a 400 pound back squat, 200 pounds, 10 by 10. That sucks. I don't care how you slice that. 10, 200 pounds, 10 by 10 is, is brutal. Anything more than one is brutal. Right. <laughs> right. And then you would do, th so then you do 10 sets of 10. Then you would do three sets back at your 10 rep max. Wow. Till failure. And you'd be, so then the goal for the stimulus was to hit like five to seven. Okay. Yeah. So you do that with your core lifts and then some accessory stuff in between. But that, you did that with deadlifts, bench. Deadlift, bench, back squat, and uh, I forgot what the other one was that we do. But back to the Olympic thing, like, the, like I always, I, I was telling somebody, I'm like, powerlifter, powerlifting is such a misnomer. 
<laughs> and I'll tell you, like, and I'll tell you why because they're not generating any power. I know it's it's all brute. It's just force, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter how fast you move the bar, as long as you get it up. Yeah. And Olympic lifting truly should be probably called power lifting because power is the name of the game. It, how fast can you move that bar? Right. Power is force times velocity. Mm-hmm. The velocity component is huge, huge, and that's what a lot of people don't get. They keep trying to lift heavier, heavier. It's like, no, you got to move lighter weights more efficiently and faster to be able to come up. You guys keep trying to max out or lift heavy when you can't even do the movement right and they start hurting themselves and then they can't train. Yeah. You know, and and whenever if someone gets hurt or they can't train, they're just immediately just like, oh man, I'm not, I need to be taking like some supplement or something, you know, I'm not good enough. And I'm like, no, you just need to move better and take care of your body. Need to move better, time under tension. Yeah. Right. You need to, well, that's the other thing that, that people don't realize too. Like when you move that bar, if you're not power, like if you're not power cleaning or power snatching for those of you that don't know what that is, that's not going like, that's not catching it in the, in the full squat. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about if you're, what's your, what, what's your, how many kilos do you, do you clean? Uh, 172. So 172 kilos. What's that? Like, like almost 400 pounds. Almost, um, three seventy, like eight. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of weight, but what, but think about this people when he's catching that in the bottom, that's 370 some odd pounds crashing down to the floor that he then has to catch, <laughs> absorb, and then push out of the bottom. Yeah. So it's not just 372 pounds. It's significantly more. Yeah. Right. Like. Which Especially is, if you do it wrong, which the, the way I did 72 was not right. <laughs> it just crashed on me. I was hunched over. Oh, my. Almost all blacking your, out all at the top. your joints smashed? Yeah, it was did not. Did you take a, it for a walk? No. Oh. I just, yeah, I was just strong as shit, so I just dove under it. But um, <laughs> I almost passed out for the jerk, and I'm not, I'm not really worried about the jerk ever because my jerk's so much stronger than my clean. Sure. But, um man, like I was like, I need to fix my clean because every time I do it, it just, it, it takes me out for weeks. I feel just taxed all. Yeah. Well, it's nervous system too. That's the other thing people don't get is your nervous system, man, is fried mm-hmm. after that one rep is fried. Yep. So a, so Alex, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Alex is your coach. Yes. Okay. And Alex right now is, where's he at as far as Olympic Oh no, Alex is just trains now. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was trying to do the Olympics. I mean, eventually maybe, but right now there's just been so much like life shit with him. He has to deal with that first. He's nowhere where he used to be. Yeah, baby. Oh, they got a baby. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna be. She's she's, uh, due. Mazel tov, man. Due around uh, January. Actually, well, yeah. His wife is Italian, right? Yeah, she's Italian. All right. So I don't know what you say in Italian. Bravissimo. I don't know. I, Felici- man, manja. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Felicidad is in Spanish, but but chuka, chuka hamnida, man, to, to friggin' Alex, oh. dude. Chuka, chuka, chuka hamnida, man. <laughs> uh, that's big. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited for them, man. It's, it's so, cool. so what then did, did, I mean, was Alex there when you maxed, when you hit your, your 170? Too. Yeah, that was actually at the uh, American Open Finals in 2019. Okay, so and what did he have to say after your... I mean, he was just happy I made it. Well, for it, sure. It was kind of a scary thing because in the back, I missed uh, I missed 65 twice. I hit 60, 160, 
and then I miss 65 twice. You're like, I'm just going to send it. And then I go out to hit 70, and I miss my first 70, and then I hit 70 on my second attempt. And then this other guy, uh, Nathan Stamos, okay. he, he's a really big uh, Olympic Re- lifter. He always medals. Related to John? Huh? Related to John? Uh, not, no, not related to John. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> John Stamos. No, uh, he looks like he's like the white John Stamos. But yeah, this guy, I, I had to just do two more kilos to be able to beat him for a medal. And it just fucking put it on there and sent it. Just went for it. Uh, but the other coach I was there, Shaheen, the world champion, the Olympian. Okay. He actually just left after I missed my first clean. Because I'm not his athlete, but he's like. Oh. He's like, ah, screw this guy. He's not. Yeah. He's done. And um, so when I end up, like, after I got my medal. So please tell me you rubbed it in, in Shaheen's face. No, I just called him up and I'm like, hey, I medaled. Like, this guy, uh, the other guy that was on Team USA, he bombed out. Yeah. Um. Oh, his name's like John Squats or something, but yeah, he bombed. Wait, John Squats? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, he bombed out a clean and jerk. No, no, his name's Squats? Well, his, He's, sorry, uh, his Instagram <laughs> okay, handle is like, John Squats. A lot of people, when I see them, I just say their Instagram. Well, bro, that's, I didn't, I, I, I you were Jimbo Swaggins. <laughs> that's all I knew you as was Jimbo Swaggins. Oh my god! And then somebody's like, Jimmy, I'm like, who the hell, like Jimmy, like Jimmy Wynn? Like here at the gym, and I was like, they're like, no, 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 Jimmy Marquez. I go, who the hell's Jimmy Marquez? And they're like, he's the Olympic coach. Like, hey, Lee, I go, Jimbo Swaggins? <laughs> yeah, it's really funny what you think. Like, know people by their Instagram handle. Yeah. Like, I had a conversation with another PT the other day on Instagram. You probably, you might follow her too. Her name's Doc Gigi. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, everybody, I, I she had shared, a, because we're hiring, right? So she had shared a, a post of, about the hiring. And everybody's like, oh, I heard about your, I heard like people that were submitting resume and stuff. Like I heard about your, your profile from, from Gina. And I was like, who's Gina? I'm like, so when I'm like, is it Gigi or Gina? Like she was like, it's whichever. <laughs> whichever. I'm like, you put out the world, you're Gigi. So I don't know. But yeah, like Jimbo Swaggins. And then when I remember when I met you, I was like, I felt bad. I was like, bro, I thought you were taller. <laughs> Everyone says that. Like, just look at, but just look at your Instagram. I was like, bro, I, th- I, I legit thought you were like six two, six I, foot. I fucking wish. <laughs> that's what my that's what my Tinder profile says. <laughs> no, I'm just I, I saw I saw a meme the other day that was like, I'm five nine, and I met my girlfriend. Like, I met my girlfriend's sister's boyfriend. Wouldn't you know it? He's six two, and we're the same size. <laughs> so funny like apparently that dude he was telling yeah right he's telling his girlfriend he's six two <laughs> and she and she bought it i guess oh my god what else is he lying about <laughs> right oh my gosh yeah no it's always that's yeah no that's 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 normal <laughs> but uh no um getting back to the, the crosser gym yeah 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 um so yeah that guy he won the games in uh 2013 and he went to the games uh three years after that like back to back to back so they're always coming in with the game swag we had another master's athlete chris bork who's actually in the air force with me he's my he's one of my supervisors my bosses what was your mos real quick uh i was a a10 uh jet mechanic oh so yeah we just call those crew chiefs cool in my last year, I ended up becoming an instructor. Oh, so I got a special duty job, went to instructor school, and nice. I taught the lead A10 classes. So like engine run, how to fuel the jet when yeah. the engines are running, and how to inspect engines, that type of stuff. Sick. Sorry. So you had master's athlete. Yep, master's athlete. Bork. Bork. Uh, we, would, we had a stacked crew. We'd just be training together. Our, our gym went to the regionals back when that was a thing in 2015 in Texas. 
and we had um, a group of girls who used to be D1 gymnasts at the U of A who were nurses and they were training our gym. So they were training like twice a day with us and teaching us like gymnastic movements and how to move better. So we, we had a lot, especially our endurance coach. Oh, what a sick gym to go to. Yeah, our endurance coach, she coaches out here and runs a, a camp uh, throughout the years. Oh, what's her name? Uh, Marilyn Cachota. She's won a few Ironmans. I have somebody else has told me about her. They're yeah. like, dude, you need to meet this woman. She taught me how to swim, taught me how, like, like literally taught us everything about endurance and, like, just got us in shape. Awesome. Oh, man, it was stacked. But, yeah, um, but yeah, I just sucked the uh, Olympic lifting after that because I'm like, hey, I'm just, like, I feel like I could be way better at this. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of my one of my uh, teammates, he's actually one of my long my best friends, Dr. Joel Funk. He's a general surgeon out here. Dude, that name sounds familiar too. Yeah. <laughs> They're all sound familiar, dude. Um, he uh, teaches at some of the Banner uh, Hospital um, oh, cool. out here. Like he'll teach students also at the U of A. But he's like, hey, man, if you want to get really good, link up with this guy, Alex Lee. Yeah. He just saw him compete at Worlds in Houston, Texas in 2015. And he's like, this guy's legit. He lives on Phoenix. Like link up with him. Yeah. And uh, when I moved out to Korea, when I was there, for, I was stationed there for three years. Where are you stationed again? Uh, Osan Air Force. Oh, Base. that's right, Osan. Okay. Um, my buddy, um, my other buddy, Mohammed. He's like, hey, you should really start getting online coaching from Alex. He's like, oh, it's funny that you're in Korea. My coach is Korean. Like, and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, my my buddy told me about him. I think I'm gonna start it. You know. And then I started with him and. 2018 online and like my life was like changed how is that training online that way uh training online uh, it just depends what type of athlete you are but also it depends on the coach how personal they are because the more personal you are and the better you can relate things to your athlete yeah. the better it's going to be but if someone's lazy and they're not really that personal and they're just giving some bullshit cues or stuff like that it's it's not going to be a good time and i feel like just a lot of coaches do online training but they're not good at explaining it or don't know the ideals so their athletes feel like they never really get better sure do you guys uh would you do live like virtual live of like sessions with with oh, alex we, yeah uh, i never did a virtual online with him but we do do that like you know hour call and you're watching someone lift and you're just walking through like what they should do and something yeah. like that yeah i imagine as a coach that probably makes you a better coach being able to have just only one real angle to watch something from right oh yeah but also you could ask them to move it around so well, I'm, for sure i'm always asking um like yeah they'll start off like at a 45 degree but if i'm checking for imbalances i'll get front or back and then we'll just be going over like what exercises they need because what hips higher blah blah, blah. Well, for sure yeah um and then how you're in korea for what three years you said yep three years and then well they have a pretty is their olympic scene pretty good Oh yeah, they actually just won the worlds uh, recently. They won. Oh, did they? I didn't know. Realize they were. They're really good. They, um, yeah. Uh, this past worlds, they, out of like all the weight classes for men and female, they, they play place the most. So they won oh, first place. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and a lot of their athletes get paid six figures. Like that's their for full real? time job. Yeah. Professor Young, he's actually going to be out here soon. When is he coming out? December thirteenth uh, to the twenty first. Him and four uh, Olympic athletes are going to be coming uh, here to train with us. Okay, 
I need to go meet Alex then and see if I can. You come, do. I need to come by and see if I can meet. Him. I just found this out the other day too, by the way. So yeah, that's fine. No, I, I need to be. I, I need to at least introduce myself. I mean, I think we've talked a little. Like I've just said a few things to him here and there. Oh, think, talking to him in person is gonna be way different. Yeah, no, but I think I, I think I, I, uh, I think I asked him because I saw his, his super sick Korean hook grip flag. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, where did you get that? Because super cool. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I want, I want that. Yeah, you could go to Hook Grip actually and just look up any country. Yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, and I would like that. I think that would be super fun to meet some of those Korean athletes and, and be in that environment. And, and Especially Professor Young. Well, that's what I mean. You're oh, saying you're saying man. that dude's, a, I, I'm learning, I've kind of started researching him a little bit more and the dude is, um, is smart. 1964 Olympic champion who won Worlds four times and he's been he's basically made the Korean team what it is yeah. and gave him the opportunity for those athletes to get paid. Yeah. But it's funny because... A lot of those athletes are getting paid, but like, you know, he's like, even they could be training harder. And it's funny that he likes, uh, like American lifters because these guys, we're not getting paid unless you're like the top four athletes. I mean, it's something, but it's not what they're getting paid. Heavens no. And he's just like, wow, these guys are training so hard because they just out of passion. Yeah. You know, it's just like crazy. I wish you he's like, I wish I could get some of my people to train like that. Oh, for sure. And and probably he's bringing them over to be like, Hey, these dudes aren't getting paid and these fools are out working you. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's part of the, I mean, for, well, also they're just like, they're going to, you know, they like coming to visit, you know? Yeah. Arizona is amazing. Arizona amazing. And I'll tell you right now, like if they're coming in December, dude, December way better than Korea sucks. <laughs> Winter sucks in Korea. Oh man. I spent two winters outside because I was just working outside. Yeah. Just you and me both. Dude, I, I, that's all I did was walk around all day. Rough. Yeah. I remember wearing, I mean, I would be wearing long underwear, sweater, jacket, overcoat, beanie, gloves, scarf, and still get hypothermia. Just, <laughs> just cut you. Cause it, people don't realize like that. It's people don't realize Korea's right next to Russia. And China. And China. Like <laughs> China, like China's on this side, right? Like Russia's right here. And dude, those it's so humid and so cold. Mm-hmm. And then the summers, yeah. Spring and spring and fall is really the only time to go to Korea. Because <laughs> oh, summer man. sucks too. Oh no, it's so humid. Oh man. But no, I well here's the funny thing. So I at least maybe I'm wrong. I hear like you've got like it sounds like you got a love for Korea. Oh yeah, I love Koreans. What's crazy is that people like I don't know of another like I don't know of another place where people go and they just fall in love with the place, the people, the whole like I mean I know there are countries like that, but everybody that I know that has spent any amount of time in Korea always comes back and is like that place was awesome. It's just eye-opening, man, like how carefree and chill everybody is. I mean, you know, if they've been um they're technically still at war. It's just a yeah. ceasefire. Yeah. And all those people don't even care about the guy up north. Yeah. Like they're literally just living their life. They're like, oh, nothing's going to happen. I'm just going to keep doing me. And yeah. they're like, what if something does happen? And you're like, well, I guess that it'll happen. You right? know, <laughs> like Seoul's what? 30 miles from the, from the, yeah. from the DMZ. Like yeah. your capital is 30 miles. We were 47. So we were a little bit south of right. it. Yeah, yeah. Like they're always finding tunnels. Mm-hmm. Like the, I think it was in the seventies. There was a, like four, North Korean commandos like actually made it to the the blue house. That's their white house. Yeah. Made it to the blue house, but the president wasn't home. Oh my gosh. Like, 
Yeah, no, Korea's a wild place, man. But so what is so how is how is his training style or what does Professor Young do that you feel like Um, the biggest thing is just knows how to teach it to people and break it down. Yeah. Because at first, whenever you're learning the movement, um, you know, people are just like, Oh, we gotta rep it out, you know, and, and practice it. Yeah. But in reality, you just have to break down like um, let's say the the back squat. You know, you got to be able to do a back squat, like slow and controlled, feeling right. a stretch, loading your whole body on the balance of midfoot going down yeah. and up. And a lot of people just do it fast right. um, or even know about thoracic extension, like during the yeah. back squat. Right. And like, if you don't even know that, you're not going to be able to do it right. And you're always going to have a shift at the bottom and you're never really going to figure it out, you know? Yeah. So once you actually learn how to move and control your body, then you can actually like do real programming. Yeah. You know, but people are trying to do real programming without knowing how to control their body. And it's just a shit show. Right. You know, you can get better. Yeah. Because you're, you're following a, a structured program and you're being consistent and you know, you're trying at least, yes, yeah. you're going to get better because you're training yourself. Sure. But you're not training yourself in the right way. So eventually you're going to start coming up with these injury, um, these pains or injuries, and that's going to set you back, you know, but you never really learned the fundamentals to begin with. Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing that professor, um, uh, that they, they teach over there is just doing more reps with lighter weight more efficiently. Yeah. Um, so they'll do a lot of percentages between the 80 to 90% range and very rarely max out, you know, but if you're a pro, you can be able to max out all the time, really like probably you would heavy snatch, um, once or twice, uh, like two to three times a week, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, heavy ish. Yeah. And for clean and jerk, you're probably not going, you're doing a heavyish clean and jerk every like two and a half weeks. Okay. Clean and jerk's way more taxing than snatch. For but, sure. but, um, yeah, the better you get moving at it, the more often and heavier you can do it. You yeah. know, it's less taxing on you, but you just have to be able to lift heavier more often. And I imagine he's probably not dealing with a whole lot. Of, he's not probably dealing with the same mobility deficits that the Americans are dealing with. Oh, no. The Koreans are way more mobile. I mean, it's uh, it's more common for people there to just stretch randomly. Like, uh, everywhere you go, there'll be parks, stretch stations. Yeah. And people, even, like, waiting for subways or buses, will be stretching. Here, you stretch in the middle of somewhere, and people are going to look at you like you have fucking three heads. They're going to be like, who is this guy? Why is he stretching? I don't understand. What's going on? My, <laughs> my favorite exercise thing that I saw, like, when I was walking around, like, in the parks or whatever, mm. was old. It was either old Korean men or old Korean women. Yeah. Did you ever see this? They would lean up against, they'd like do like a wall sit against a tree. Yes. And then they would just smash their back. Yes. Against the tree. Just <laughs> just go bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, what are we? Tra- okay. But it, to, be fa- to, be, to be fair, I actually like, if you think about what they're, there's actually some like, there's actually some science in what they're doing, right? Like they're actually doing percussive therapy like you're actually getting like some some of the piezoelectric effect like distribution through the fascia and things yeah breaking it up yeah like but but they also sit on the floor right like every like i went to people's houses they had couches and they'd be like here please shit and i'm like what what do you want me to do on your couch and they're like shit 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 and i'm like oh sit yeah right because they don't have they, that s e sound is tough uh-huh. for them right so it's all shh but I'd be like, and then they would sit on the floor and I'm like, like five minutes in, I'd be like sliding off the edge of the couch to get onto the floor with them. But I lost, I I lost, dude, I lost so much weight in the first little bit while I was there. 
because one, I had to use those stupid metal chopsticks. <laughs> so you can't eat as much. Right. You don't they, have a shovel in your hand. Yeah, but they, well, they've got the spoon, but like you got to use the chopsticks and their chopsticks are metal and they're flat. Like they're not the round wooden or the square wooden, you know, stuff. And then the other thing is, is that table dude is like 12 inches off the ground. It's like this. It's yeah. It might even be shorter than that, but you got to sit on the ground to do it. And so my elbows dude are freaking, my knees are freaking up in my armpits. So I can't even get close enough. Like my thoracic spine's like all rounded. I look like freaking Shrek trying to sit at this <laughs> table. Right. And shovel, shovel friggin' this food. Like, Whereas everybody's right up to the table with like the rice under their mouth, like eating. I'm like trying to grab rice and something else and move it like three feet to my mouth. It's a workout just for the food. Dude, I lost so much. Like I couldn't eat at the very beginning. By the end, I was good. But but yeah, man. It's it's funny when you, um, whenever like we'd go on teams to follow a jet. So if a jet were to go somewhere or diverts to a different location, we'd have to send a crew to go out there to fix it up and send it back. And we'd be in like small Asian um, places, like in the Philippines or Japan. And yeah. we'd go out to eat somewhere. And all the tables were like that. Yeah. And everybody, all these Americans, people are laughing at us because oh, they can't even sure. sit. And we're all cramping up. And you're like, oh, getting up afterwards. Oh, yeah. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We got kicked out. We got kicked out of a... So I was there as a, as a missionary, right? Mm. And we're all 19, 20, 21-year-old young men mm-hmm. so we eat a lot <laughs> so we went to one of those all you can eat meat buffets like cream me house, me house. yeah the freaking kogi buffet <laughs> so we went there dude they asked us to leave there was like eight of us that went and the guy we'd been there like an hour and the dude comes up and like the, he's like hey guys you're eating too much you're eating too much and the other com- customers are complaining i'm gonna have to ask you to leave and we were like but it's all you can eat they're like yeah but not for fat Americans. You guys got to go. <laughs> you didn't read the fine print at the bottom. Yeah, right? They're like, get out of here. You're, you're, I'm going to go out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of business with you guys being here. That's it. Buddy. So, uh, so you, you're coaching. And then how, so, so how's it been? Because you coach over at A. Lee. Yeah. And you coach here. Yes. How is that? And what's the difference? Um. I think the difference is uh, just kind of showing the importance to a lot of CrossFitters about slowing things down and and taking care, taking care of their, their bodies better. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll get somebody who just signs up for the class and it will be like the first day there. And a lot of people are, are scared. You know, they're oh. like, oh, wow, like this is like, it's going to be a lot. Like, you know, we're going to have to lift heavy weight. And I'm like, no, not, not right away. Like, I'm going to teach you. How and then you hand them a PVC pipe and you're like, come, yeah. come with me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a lot of times it's just I'm making people do a, a slow squat or slow overhead squat for the first time and maybe throwing in like a pool here and there. But a lot of times I'm just having a stretch in between sets to show them and show them how to stretch too, because, you know, stretching can be effective if you know how to do it. But honestly, the best thing to do is just doing movement slow, like they're eccentric for long-term mobility. Sure. But I'm trying to teach people like how to fish in a sense. Yeah. So they can do it all the time. Yeah, I saw, I think, well, whose video, was it your video? Somebody's video last night, a story I saw you just basically laying on 
Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tasia. Tasia <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, we were looking at the PVC pipes, and there's a really fat one. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is like a tempering bar almost. Almost, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, what's tempering? And it's just like, oh, they put a bar on you, and they up the weight up, and you could have like 400 pounds of weight on you. Yeah. It's just like, just it's like a massage. It's a yeah. It's a uh, I, the best way I describe it is it is a weighted blanket. Yeah. For your muscles. Yeah. So uh, I started going on when Marshall. I just put on his back and Marshall's a big dude. So I could put a little bit more weight on it, but he's just relaxing, um, his upper back, his erectors got a few pops in there. He's like, Oh my God, that feels amazing. And everybody's like me next, me next. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like the, you know, the people don't even realize like, yeah, like you need to be more like familiar with massages and like take care of yourself. Like you should, you need to get a massage, especially if you're training like this. So what's crazy is I don't imagine you've probably, I don't know what happens in that gym, but I imagine you probably haven't had much of an opportunity to put your hands on, on Alex. On Alex. Yeah. But I'll I, meet him play around. Like but, we don't, but I would imagine if, if you actually like have, if I like got Alex on my table, I would imagine that his muscles would probably be really soft. They are so soft. It's yeah. almost like a rabbit, you know, a rabbit, like you see their yeah. muscles, like they're just so loose and they can send so much power from their legs through their body. Like they are so explosive. Well, and that's the thing, like pro, like pro, like people who are elite athletes that I tell people all the time, cause I've worked with some pros in various sports and I've worked with elite level athletes and I'm like, I, I realize those guys look like they're made of granite. Their muscles are so soft. One crazy thing with Alex too, we have the same uh, massage therapist that we see on Tuesdays. I see her first and he sees her right after. Is that Shedlock? Yeah, Jess Shedlock. Uh -huh. So um, Jess told me, like she'll tell me stuff. She's like, yeah, like compared to Alex, like I can do X, Y, and Z. And for example, for his hip, she can probably put his her whole hand in his hip. Touch his spine. Yeah, literally. Touch his spine from and the with, front. And with me, she could only get probably like her <laughs> fingers deep, you yeah. know? But it's just like that right there is exactly like how much better of a lifter he is because the start position is how much you can sit into your hips. Yeah. And it's a lot of internal rotation that people don't realize to be able to even use your glutes too, you know? Yep. And it's just like, you know, I hear stuff like that and I realize, oh, I need to be working on this more and this more, you know, to get more like his body, you right. know, even though we have different bodies just the idea of, yeah. of sitting into your hips. Well, yeah. And being able to like, so that, you know, that whole book of like becoming a supple leopard, right? The idea is that like your body should be supple. You should be able to move. Leopards don't stretch. They might, they wake up, they do like a quick downward dog and then they're off, right? To kill mm -hmm. something. Yeah. But like, yeah, that idea that, that your muscles should be supple. You should be able to move. You should be able to sink into that hip. That perfect example right there with the leopard that they just stretch for a little bit and go. It's yeah. because they do it every day. That's their life. If you move like that every day, you don't need to do all this crazy mobility or warming up stuff. You just need to move around a little bit and you're good to go. Yeah. You know, I used to do that stuff all the time when I was first starting. Uh, I'd warm up for like an hour. And honestly, it would take a lot out of my workout because I spent so much energy doing that. And especially if you're doing every day, it just, it's like monotonous, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, I got to do this, blah, blah, blah. But now, you know, I move the barbell around a little bit, a couple jumping jacks to pop my, my elbows or shoulders, like get in place. And then I go, you know, or if I do a movement, I feel that's off. I'm like, oh, I need to pop this or get this in place or do this really quick, like stretch this glute out, you know, yeah. but it doesn't take that much longer anymore. No. And I think a lot of, th well, that's the thing, right? Longer anymore. I think so many people, man, are so 
mobility deficient that they <sighs> that you have to front load it right you and really so you're do. spending a ton of time but but truly I, I tell people this all the day and i don't think anybody believes me when i tell them but i'm like legit if you spent only 15 minutes a day just 15 minutes a day of dedicated mobility work give yourself two three weeks of dedicated mobility like you do it religiously for 15 minutes a day mm -hmm you will see significant changes 100% in your mobility. And I think that's a, I think that's, that's, and, and here's the thing, like, I think that's a different, you touched on it. Everybody's expecting to lift heavy weight. Everybody's expecting to go fast in CrossFit. Right. And I think that's because of the nature of CrossFit, right? Most mm -hmm. of these people come in and like, I got my hour, I got this. And then I'm off to the next thing. Right. And most people in CrossFit are like type a, and so they want to come in and just muscle that bar around and get a, get after it. Right. But it's a little more uh, Olympic weightlifting, a little more nuanced than that. It's a little more hundred percent slowed down, a little more beautiful. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, and that's what the biggest thing I want to come across to people is that it may seem like a lot of work at first because they have years of built up mo bad movement patterns or just being tight because of how they're they live with their lives, how they're sitting, how they're driving, all that stuff, you know. But if you just take this little step back, you know, to be able to get there then you don't have to do it as much. You know, it's only so much right now because of how much you neglected it. Yeah. The younger you are, the easier it is because it's less built up. But for sure, you, should, you just gotta be patient with yourself. That's the name of the game. And with life is just be patient with yourself and, uh, and just understand that this is what I have to do. This is what I need to do. It's my priority. Well, and I think that's, what's so cool about, I think Olympic, I think weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting is really good for people because a, it really teaches you how to move your body mm. well and efficiently. But two, it forces people to slow down and, and understand that practice of consistency and effort will get you where you want to go. 100%. Delayed gratification. And, and if you do it right, you'll continue to make gains and be able to be healthy. You might have some training accidents or so you might have some training injuries, but, but that comes with the territory. But that slow progression is really is really what we're after 100 um well back to think like you were talking about internal rotation i don't think people realize how much internal rotation goes into a squat especially crossfitters so, right because we're talking about they're always like knees out <laughs> drive your knees out and they're like and i and i hate it because i that's see that's the people, worst cue you could give somebody because i see people constantly then on the on the lateral portions of their feet right they're like no contact they're like on their like outside of their feet i can see the bottoms and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, guys, let's screw that. Let's get some external external rotation torque built up, yes, right? It's all about that torque. Right, let's get that external rotation. Like, we're opening up a jar, tearing paper with our feet, right? But in the bottom, the biggest reason why people have a, a mass, a lot of times when you see that butt wink on people, it's because, A, they, they don't have any more hip flexion, but B, their internal rotation is garbage. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to get in those lower positions, you got to have that internal rotation. And that, that's another thing too, where you're talking about the knees out, um, but that the knees, like if you do a perfect squat, the knees do go out, but it's not because that you're pushing them out. You sitting into your hips, that internal rotation feeling, you're just thinking about your knees going straight, but they're going to move out because you're loading your glutes and that's naturally going to push it out. Right. So that's happening, but not because you're trying to push them out because you're trying to sit into your hips more and they're going to go out naturally. That corkscrew feeling that you're talking about, Yeah. you know? And, you know, it's just, you got to be able to do it to be able to explain that better. People are seeing people do that. They're looking at athletes. They're like, oh, 
he's driving his knees out. You got to do that. And like, no, that's happening because of this. Right. You know? And, and the motor programming is there. Mm. I think a lot of people don't realize you got to change the software. Like you got to update your software. This is the ideal. Not that you're still running on DSL. Yeah. We got to get, we got it. We got to upgrade your Use software. Windows 12, right? <laughs> right. Which is why like, so when like you're like, Hey, we're giving you lighter weight. It's because we need to update your software. We've got to give you a better program. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. Yeah. So like we got, Hey, your, your hardware, we, we might need to upgrade some of your hardware too, but, <laughs> but let's work on software first. Right. So yeah, half, I, I, I was talking with a guy yesterday, man. And he, dude, he did some gnarly, weird, gnarly stuff, man, with me. Just this tiniest of things, like, just worked on like my vision, my vestibular system, right, and like my visual and vestibular system. Dude, I squat. I had, was having a little bit of knee pain. We did it. I squatted again. My knee didn't hurt. Oh wow. Yeah. It's so just there's also a huge neural component to weightlifting and and, and movement that all people realize. So what is your, so as a coach, man, what's your, what's your training philosophy? Like, how do you, how do you train your athletes? Uh, just basics. Every athlete, regardless of how long they've been training, we just go through the fundamentals again to, like you said, reprogram them. And once they start moving efficiently with the barbell, they can do, uh, the, the technique drills, the breakdowns efficiently. Then we start moving with the weight and, uh, you're always starting from the top down. So, you know, from top down is basically you're teaching people how to make contact, how to bump first and be able to get into the right position, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're not going to make contact right, the lift's not is going to be off. Gotcha. So once they start getting um, used to making contact and doing this right, you slowly move it down and then you're going to be working in mid thigh, above knee, below knee, and then the floor, which is like typically around like mid shin for people. Yeah. Uh, but always top down. That's the same what the USAW teaches too is top down. But even USAW still is trying to upgrade their software and learn ideal technique because, you know, they, you know, not anyone can really do the movement like Alex Lee in the US. There's people now that are kind of starting to do it. Uh, one of the best lifters right now in the, in the men's, he's actually in my weight class, Nathan Damron. Okay. He's been lifting for like 12 plus years. Gotcha. And he grew up with uh, Travis Smash and he got, got him strong as an ox. But, in it, but his technique is slowly starting to become like Alex's now. You know? Okay. But um, now people are starting to realize that the more people are lifting right, they're like, hey, we actually got to start lifting like this. There was no really good models to have. Gotcha. You know, and that's what USAW just needs more of is more people who do, to do the sport and do it right, give them more exposure. Right. So then is, then are you, are you kind of, for lack of a better word, like an Alex disciple now? Like, is that the sort of how you're teaching? Yeah. Literally like Alex. Um, I mean, we coach differently, sure. obviously because we're just different people. Right. Um, I'll make people stretch a lot more and, okay. and roll out and he, he just have them practice the movement and break it down, you know, over and over again. Gotcha. Because like, yeah, you know how much time are you willing to spend on someone? Like how much are they worth really at the end of the day? And are they going to, are they going to want to do this consistently for a long time or just here for a couple of times? Right. Because you're only going to really teach someone in one session, probably like one to two things that really take away, you know, but so there's no use of spending that much more energy. Just get really good at those one or two things and you move on. Okay. But I like to teach people more about stuff in their body. So yeah. we'll just be talking a lot more about their body too, other than the, the movements. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's great, man. I think a lot of people are really unaware of what their body actually does. hundred percent. I'll ask people like, so how does that feel? Or where is that? How do you, what do you, and they're like, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean you don't know? You just told me you're in pain. You've been in pain for like three months. You, you seriously can't tell me like where it is and how it feels and when it happens. Mm-hmm. They like, don't know. I don't know, man. I'm like, <laughs> how do you not know what's going on in your body? I can tell you like every little weird thing that's happening right now. The one thing you can control in life. How do you not know? Yeah. Right. I'm like, how do you not know? Um, but so how does, so how does the way you guys or the technique, and maybe this is, maybe this is my misunderstanding, but how, how is how you guys teach some of these lifts differ than from say what USA weightlifting is doing? Uh, people don't know how to have a proper start position. So USAW, they don't really know how to start people over the bar or sit into their hips. Gotcha. So not only that you're not loading your legs or core enough, right? but they're like very upright at the start position. And immediately if you're upright, you're going to be lifting with your arms and you're going to rush your hips into the bar because you're not carrying it with your upper back. Okay. So you see a lot of us athletes, they have pretty much nothing in their mid back. They have a lot of winging going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So just, we're teaching them how to use their mid back, their traps Okay. and how to carry the weight properly. So are your athletes then a little more bent over? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, like a perfect example that you could have is when you look at somebody's start position from like the side, you, from their wrist to their shoulder will be like an angle, almost like a 45. Gotcha. And that bar should be under your sternum, your, your mid back. Gotcha. And as you stand up your, your shoulder to your hip is kind of like a 45, but it's rising together, going straight up. It's holding that angle as you push with your legs. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, a lot of my athletes are more over the bar. And then now they can actually finish the pull and can control it after the bump. Gotcha. If you start behind it, you're not going to be able to control it. And it's always going to crash on you. So, you know, you're going to start having shoulder or hip pain. Sure. Um, is there anybody else, do you, at least that you're aware of in the Valley that, that teaches similarly? Uh, Joe teaches similarly, uh, Craig. Uh, I mean, they're, they... Craig. Um, you're talking Joe Michella. Craig actually used to train with Joe Michella oh, okay. and my coach. Oh, cool. Yeah, they all were, and they they, they started their own gyms. Oh, cool. So I didn't. Did Alex used to train with Joe. Yeah, oh, Joe used to be his. his uh, oh, I didn't know that. Alex used to be Joe's athlete. Oh, sick. Yeah, but um, then Alex uh, started getting coached with Shaheen, and then he went over to Korea when he won. Um, he won Junior Worlds, and he beat one of the Korean dudes. Okay, and the professor was like. You're Korean, <laughs> and uh, they, they they're like, hey. he's like, I'm a Jamie Kilpo. <laughs> yeah, and um, he uh, said, hey, you could train with us for six months, and sometimes he'd go out there for like a few months and stuff like that. But he always had training camps. But he learned his technique from Professor Young. Sick. Um, but yeah, they teach similarly. There's like a few disconnects, especially with jerks. Oh, okay. Uh, jerks probably the biggest one in the U.S. too that people don't really know how to jerk. Sure. Now you guys are part of, at least I think you are. You part is it Power and Grace? Is that a no? Power and Grace is their own thing. They, oh, okay, I thought they, you guys. They, they 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 teach good too. They have a lot of people who are Olympians. Gotcha. Uh, national champions and stuff like that. They they have a lot of athletes. Okay, but for a lot re- of athletes will go over from their gym to their gym. You know. Okay, I, for some reason I thought you guys were maybe affiliated with them. I know. Uh, do you know Eric Bramwell? Eric Bramwell, yeah, he. Um, I think he coaches a- like a really big. Uh, he coaches a lot of girls out here. Yeah, a lot of he, youth. He has like over like a hundred athletes. That dude's killing it, and he's one of the directors in USAW too. I believe. Oh, is he? Yeah, I just I've met him a couple times. We've communicated a little bit, but he's yeah he's over. He trains his athletes. Well, he was training them at Arizona Pole Vaulting Academy. Okay. 
And then, or they, and they call it Arizona Sports Academy as well. And then I think during the summer they were needing places because they were getting too big for that space. And so I think they were working out of CrossFit Santan. Okay. They would maybe do some stuff during the day over there. But I think he's a power and grace guy. He is power and grace. Yes, he's one of their coaches. Okay. Yeah, that's where I Yeah, probably... he, he coaches a lot of good athletes. Like, that dude's killing it. He's, he's uh, getting a lot of people in this sports. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, there's in fact I have a I actually have a patient. His son is working with Eric. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess he's been going up in his weight a lot. Uh I think yeah, he's got some he's got a yeah, I think he's got a couple little training issue overload issues. A lot of people go to right they make big gains early on, especially youth, right? They make they make huge neuro gains and then they outpace their their body's ability to tolerate it. Yeah. I mean that that's the thing with kids you can pretty much do anything with them and they're just going to recover. Right. There that's a that's a crazier thing too is because people a lot of coaches will be training a lot of youth athletes and getting them super strong but then by the time they're like 18 19 you know they end up stopping the sport because they just can't handle it. Right. The older they call it like senioritis. Yeah. By the time junior athletes or youth athletes become like at the senior level, they quit because they just can't take it anymore. Well, and especially if you at the early I was talking with the same guy yesterday about the neuro stuff, especially with early specialization. With any sports, baseball, oh man, people just get fucked. Then they get burned out. Yeah. Like well, I can I mean Olympic weightlifting, any any sport. And and if you're really looking at like I I would say that yes, you've got to be somewhat athletic. You got to be athletic. You got to be able to move your body, but it's not, I I don't hot take. I I don't think it's the same as athleticism required to like play basketball. No, like most Olympic weightlifters. I wouldn't like be like, Hey, I'm going to pick you first on my, on my, on my basketball pickup team. Right. Like, but if I had a baseball player who was like a D one elite or like an elite high school, even baseball player, I'd be like, yeah, I'd probably put you on my team. Mm. Right. Just that different lateral athleticism is required. Um, but I think you develop that better athleticism, better body awareness, better motor control, body control with kids. And they, and it's, it's been shown time and time again, that if you play multiple sports before you specialize and then specialize, you know, like junior high or high school, things generally go better for kids and they don't, they don't get so burned out on their sport. hundred percent. That's the biggest, a lot of people do that, you know, Especially like parents, they'll just like be like, "Hey, my kid's only going to do this sport, blah blah." It's just like, you know, let them experience life and do different things, and let them choose. You know, newsflash: your kid ain't LeBron James. Yeah, like literally. Your, yeah, your kid, your kid is not. I'm sorry. Like the 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 percentage of people. I mean, if you think about this, think about this: the percentage of people that play basketball, youth basketball, right? Then narrow that down to the number of people that actually make like a freshman basketball team. Mm-hmm. Then you narrow that down even more to the people that make var. Think of all the high schools across the country that make the varsity high school basketball team. Then you look at, then you get stratified even more. You look at how many people play division three, division two and division one basketball. This is a huge amount of people still. And then even within division one, you go who's playing in the P five versus who's playing in a group group of five, right? That those are even stratified. And out of all of those people, what are there, 26 teams in the NBA, I think? I thought there was like 30. There might be 30 now. I don't know. 32? Let's see. Or am I thinking football? You might be thinking. I don't know. Let's see. I, I, wish, I, had a, I wish I had a Jamie, a producer. How many teams in the NBA? 
30. You were right, dude. 30 teams in the NBA. So let's say they each have a carrier roster of 15 guys. So out of everybody that started playing youth basketball and even all the people, think of all the Division I colleges, only 450 guys out of that number are going to play in the NBA. And out of those number, you maybe got eight guys that play regularly. Mm-hmm. So you got out of 450, you only have 200 and half of those dudes that play with any kind of regularity. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's so like when I look at people, I'm like, dude, your kid's not, I'm sorry. I know you think your kid is special unless somebody else, other people think your kid is special. <laughs> like your kid is not, is not special like in the football. And a lot of that is like, like I talked about with somebody else, like there are natural gifts, bro. I'm never going to be a hundred meter sprinter. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard I tried, how early I started, there was no possible way that was happening. But think about too, how many pe- uh, people play that sport. Like you were just saying, it's because it's so cheap. Yeah. All you need to do is get a ball. You don't even need a ball. You just show up to a basketball court sometimes and just j- jump in. That, that sport is accessible to pretty much everybody. Yeah. You know, so it, it just raises the, you know, um, to be able it, to get to the top level, it's so much harder because that much more people bar- do it. Yeah, the barrier to entry is so low. So here's a question. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you do. Is anybody doing anything to make weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, more accessible? Oh, yeah. USAW is. They're, um, there's like funding programs. Like they're like areas of like, hey, we're going to give this gym all these plates and weights so people can come in. Um, but then do, but is the gym like, cause I know like, I don't know what it costs to train with some coaches are free. Oh, are they? Yeah. There's okay. a, a hassle free barbell. There's actually a girl that trains at her gym. Oh. Uh, she just trains to pays to use it, but she t- still gets her programming and stuff from that coach. And that guy will go to all the national meets and coach those people for free. Gotcha. This guy's like a freaking mathematician. Yeah. Super smart. I don't know his name. My, my coach was just talking about, but, but he's good buddies with him. Hassle free barbells, his name or is his uh, business or the, co- the yeah, nonprofit or whatever coach train anybody for free, you know? Yeah. And I guess the thing is though, but, but you still got to pay to work out somewhere. Yes. That's a thing. And so that's, that's what I mean. Like, is there places and, and it, a lot of times, like, I don't know what's the, so for her, what does it cost to work out at daily? Like if she just wants to come in and use the gym, um, for her, I think she's just paying like a hundred or 150 bucks. Yeah. So like to use it for a month, right? Yeah. Like open gyms, a hundred fit. Like that's for a lot of people. It's, it's hard. That's hard. Yeah. It, you know, you can go to like a commercial gym even and do it, but their barbells are kind of shit and they don't have a lot of female bar bars sometimes. And like, they don't even have, and a lot of times, you know, they're starting to get them now because, and I think they're only getting them now because of CrossFit, but they're, they previously never had olympic plates or barbell or bumpers right yeah there used to be like hex plates mm-hmm. but yeah the the bumper plates are becoming more common i think uh, the funny thing too is a lot of those commercial gyms got tired have, of people dropping iron plates well that but um <laughs> they have uh deadlift platforms yes so deadlift platforms are not olympic lifting platforms oh they're okay this is the yeah, i didn't i didn't know about that what's the difference uh just like it's not like padded all the way like it's like literally like a thing that's over it but weight getting chopped overhead like you're you're fucking the platform up yeah it's only meant for the weight to be dropped like a little bit right 
not from overhead, slamming it down. Okay, you know? yeah. So uh, there, you'll see like videos sometimes of people be like, don't drop the bar like this. They're just like, I'm Olympic lifting. What are you talking about? Like that platform's not an Olympic living platform. Right. It's a deadlift platform. You're fucking it up. Yeah. They just don't know. And they see people on videos doing it. And they're like, I want to do it. I want to. Oh, yeah. Because realistically, let's be real. Like there really is. If you've, if you've slung something heavy overhead, you can, you right? You put it down control. People are just trying to show off. Right. But, but let's be like, but that feels so good. I mean, it's, it's, it's so, it's so whatever for me now. It's just like, whatever, <laughs> unless it's like big weight. Like That's if, what you, I mean. if you're, yeah, if you're big weight, you PR. I'm, yeah. <sighs> it feels fucking good. But I mean, I feel like freaking you're King, at the commercial gym. I feel like King Leonidas, dude. <laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> right. Oh man. Oh, I think I, I met another, just as a like testament to like dudes that work out over there. I met another dude that from you guys' gym, Jack Barsena. Barsena? Yeah, yeah. Calvin Jack. He's a little freaking dynamite. Oh, my. Bro. I mean, all that dude does is work out. Yeah, he came to us. <sighs> work when he out was... and try to keep his hair silky. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> He dresses so nice all the time. He's all about his style. Um, yeah, he came. I met him at Nationals um, like two years ago, and he was like lifting next yeah. to me. And we started talking online. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man, you can get a lot better if you're like, you know, just moved right. Yeah. And he was like, what? And I'm like, you know, I just tried to like, hey, come over to the gym. Like, I'll talk to you one time. Like, first time's free. Yeah. And then uh, after I explained drug to dealer. him. Huh? You're a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. Dude, shake, shake, baby. Come on. First time's free. <laughs> so, you know, I was like trying to show him like a few things. And he's literally eye-opening. Like, his mind was like, exploding. Yeah. He's just like, what the hell? But, it, you know, he only knew what his coach was telling him. Sure. And he lived in this small little world. And he started training with me like all the time. And this dude just made crazy gains because he was actually starting to use his body. And, you know, if you can do the movement correctly, like a power stash or clean, your body's generating like 32 to 3,600 watts of energy. Yeah. It's like doing a sprint. Yeah. You're doing a squat bench or deadlift. You're only generating like seven to 900. Right. You know, you can develop that much more muscle if you just learn how to control it and like slow down. Right. And he started like moving better hurting himself less he's like wow training is getting better i'm actually enjoying this and before he's just like, man this fucking sucks like yeah. i'm hurting myself i'm just killing myself I'm like you don't have to kill yourself all the time you just gotta train consistently and just keep slowly do it you know yeah. you don't have to have one session that's just gonna fucking light you up and kill you for the rest of the week you gotta be able to do it over and over and over again yeah no if you're wrecked for the rest of the week there's no point so here, so okay. So he had a coach, and there's and there's a there's a ton. What I also don't think a lot of people realize there is some incredible coaches, mm. Olympic coaches in in the Phoenix metro area. Like there's a lot of incredible, like Alex, Joe, Craig, Craig Eric Bramlow, Eric Bramlow, August, August. Oh yes, August, and um, oh man. Uh, for Matt Foreman, Matt Foreman. Yeah, I mean, the, the, right there. But so, like, if you were, if you were a new, and obviously you gravitated to Alex, that's kind of how you, you know, you're introduced to that. Somebody who wants to get an Olympic lifting, how do you, how would you advise somebody other than just being like, come over to A Lee? How would you advise somebody to to evaluate and choose a coach? Um, I, because I, there's some bad coaches out there. Honestly, I just if people want to get into Olympic lifting, um you know, talk to all those coaches, see who fits best with you, yeah. whoever you can relate to and just try them all out. You know, you know, try all them out, see what service is best for you. Um, 
but make sure your you know your body is ready and you're ready to commit. You know, if you're hurt or anything like that, obviously see you, see a doctor of physical therapy, sure. get your body right. But you know, if you just try all these different people and see what fits best for you. If you want to learn how to lift, you come to Ailey. Honestly, if you you know, yeah. I'll be straight up. But yeah, if you just if you want someone to be your best friend or whoever <laughs> you can mesh with, sure. try them all out. Yeah. See what fits. Right. Um, now I know a lot of these, like a Lee's got an Instagram following. You've got an Instagram following do now. I, I know like your page from what I've seen is just a lot of you lifting. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's one, it's, it's like a, my lifting diary. Yeah. It's a great way to track your progress. Do a lot of these other guys, I, you know, how I tell people to evaluate a physical therapist is like with information now available to us on the internet, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, you know, I always tell them like, Hey, I may not be your guy, but if you're going to choose somebody, make sure that when you check them out, that they show you their work. Yeah. Right. They show you their homework. They show you not just, Hey, this person was successful. Right. And show you the end result, but they, they demonstrate and show you how they got there. Mm -hmm. Um, are a lot of the coaches on Instagram and stuff like that, are they showing, are they showing their work? Are they showing how they're queuing? I, I haven't delved too deep into that world yet, but, or is it mostly like, Hey, this is my athlete throwing big weight. Uh, most of them is like, Hey, this is my athlete throwing big weight. Yeah. Uh, and I actually noticed that too, because like when I first started, uh, the online stuff, I was looking at other pages just to get ideas. Yeah. But uh, that's the biggest thing that kind of hits home with people is seeing them where they first started and yeah. showing their progress throughout. And yeah. I do that a lot on my, my coaching page. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I really don't see that a lot. I mean, sometimes like you'll see like a reel where you see like, oh, yeah, this is what I looked at first. And then, you know, it, it flips and then it's like now this is how they look. Yeah. You know, like people do that shit. But. I think squat. I think squat you does a good job. Of doing that with Squ people. Squat U does do an amazing job with that. They are getting content out there and exposure for the sport like crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think the issue with that is like Squat U, he, Aaron Horshick is the biggest guy on IG. So people think like he's like the best DPT out there. And he's just like, no, he's just the most famous one on IG. You know, like, yeah. it doesn't mean he's the best one. He's, he's, it doesn't he's, mean everything yeah. that he says is just law. It's got, no, but he's, dude, he's, but I will say this, dude is wicked smart and does a phenomenal job. 100%. But you're he's right. amazing at what he does. Yeah, but there are also, there are other great PTs out there. Yeah. But he just happens to have the largest following. But he's the one who got on the ball first. Yeah. Before, it, you know, it started bogging people down for posting a lot and stuff like that. Like, he started it and people started posting because of him or making an IG because he's yeah. like, this guy's getting money. Yeah. I want that. But his, but his niche, too, specifically in that Olympic weightlifting realm, like, I think as far as there are other great Olympic weightlifting people out there, but I think he's done a really great job of exposing the sport, but also exposing that barbell... Oh, they're jamming out. Yeah, but barbell, um, Olympic weightlifting and stuff, it can be can go hand in hand with rehab, right? Yes. So, well, dude, I think that's probably our cue, man, with the yeah with the, the music. with the music in the back. But, dude, uh, so for those of people that listen, made it this far, plug yourself. Where can we find you? Interweb, social, whatever. Tell us your stuff. Uh, on Instagram, you can find me Jimbo Swaggins. Uh, or Ailey Athletics, the, the gym I train and coach at. Uh, also, uh, Gateway Fitness uh, okay. is Instagram. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 
I hope uh, you guys enjoyed it, and it was awesome talking to you, Doc. Like this was this is awesome. It's it's felt like you're just having a regular conversation too. Like literally, this just this it just disappeared. Yeah, it no, really everybody gets did. weird about having a mic in their face, and then all of a sudden it just disappears. Yeah, it's the couch. I think the couch helps. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I'm, I'm sunk eventually, into this. <laughs> eventually, we'll get video, man. But no, I appreciate you coming in, especially on a Saturday morning, bro. Oh, no problem, Doc. Thank you. This is awesome. All right, see you.